My greatest responsibility, and I, I, I'm just going to be honest with you, is not my church. It's not my school. The greatest responsibility I have is my wife and my little girl. Preparation allows for the flexibility. And if I lose my family and gain the whole church, I've lost my soul. I think you have to have a healthy outlet. Dear young married couple, you're in a busy season of your life. You're probably working and involved in ministry. On top of that, you might even be parents or students. You're maxed, but you really want to stay connected in your marriage. And that's why we're bringing this podcast to you. I'm Adam King. And I'm Carissa King. And we work with busy couples just like you in our counseling office here in Sacramento, California. We also work with couples all over the world through online counseling. And our couples are really just looking for ways to communicate with each other more effectively. Some of them are looking to heal from a breach in trust or find direction in fulfilling the purpose that God has for them. So come and join us as we have a conversation. We'll talk with therapists, authors, pastors, and other couples who will pour into us, giving us tools to become more intimately connected, get adventurous, and find purpose. Welcome to the Dear Young Married Couple podcast. In this episode, we have a conversation with Nate and Ashley Whitley on how to serve the church and not lose your family. And Nate and Ashley are a special couple. They've been married for 11 years. They're both serving in ministry and in a structured setting as teachers in a Christian school. So they have a unique perspective in being able to Um, really sympathize and relate to folks who are in ministry and folks who are um, working a job outside of ministry. Nate has a bachelor's of science in biblical studies and Ashley has a bachelor's in business administration and they bring a lot of insight to the table. Yes, and hopefully this starts a conversation in your marriage of how you can do it better. So welcome Nate and Ashley to the podcast. We're so excited to have you guys on today. Welcome. Thanks. Thank Thanks you for having, having us on. Us. Absolutely. Well, before we dig into the topic here, we want to hear where this is coming from for you guys. So share a little bit about your background and, um, you know, wh- maybe where the heart of the yeah. need for balance comes from. Your story. I grew up in a um, minister's home. Uh, my dad was was always the pastor growing up. He was associate pastor mm-hmm. and my grandfather's the bishop of our church. So I grew up in ministry, um, but I feel like I kind of grew up uh, with a little bit more of an understanding of what both sides look like, not just a ministry ministerial home. Um, my mom did not come from a uh, pastor's home. She kind of came from a nine to five type um, home where both parents worked. And, uh, so when she and my dad got married, adjusting to ministry life was a lot for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, my parents both taught in our Christian school. Okay. So I kind of had a balance of, I knew what it was like to live in ministry, but I knew it was also like for both parents to keep a, a nine to five type schedule. So I was mm-hmm. familiar with that growing up and it took a lot of planning and balance on their part. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom is probably one of the most organized people you would ever meet. Um, and she had to do that out of necessity. You know, mm-hmm. she worked as a, a school teacher, but also was a pastor's wife. So we knew what it was like to have to get up at a certain time every day, no matter if you were out late the night before, because 
they had a job that they had to, had to do. Mm-hmm. So you didn't get kind of those just random days off. You, uh, you know, you had your, your schedule. Right. Um, so I came from a home that taught the balance in that. Mm-hmm. And so when Nate and I were married, he didn't come from a pastor's home either. So we've always had that good balance of what it would, what it means to have kind of a work life and a ministry life and what that looks like together. Mm, Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. Both perspectives probably informed a lot of the decisions that you make as a couple. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I didn't come, I didn't come from a pastor's home or a minister's home or anything like that. So you know, I, I stepped into a world that was completely, you know, foreign to me once, you know, I, I entered into ministry. And then I, I, I evangelized, you know, the first leg of my, of my ministry was evangelizing and traveling. Okay. And so I came from, I came from a home that was very structured, um, you know, the nine to five family. And so I was used to that going, I went to public school. So I had, you know, I was taught a schedule and all those things. And so being an evangelist, I was, I, I wanted to be, I wanted to keep a schedule. I didn't want to be, you know, sleeping in all day and then preaching. I didn't want to be that guy. And so I would get up, I would get up very early. I would, if I was staying in someone's house or even if I was staying like in a hotel or something, I would get up very early and leave and go to a coffee shop, go to the church okay, and try, and try to stay structured. And so then when I came here, you know, I went from that being on my own and then coming here and marrying her and we came on staff. Okay. And going, going right into like a Christian school and, and teaching all day. So I was mm. kind of used to a schedule, but it was like throwing me into the deep end and, you know, <laughs> good luck. And, uh, and so yeah. I had to, I had to learn, I had to kind of adjust how I've done things, even though I wasn't, it wasn't foreign to me as far as keeping a schedule and trying to balance everything out. But you add, you know, another person into your life mm. and then all the other mm-hmm. responsibilities. So it was, you know, it was a learning curve for me, probably that yeah. first year. For sure. What were the first symptoms of that crash from what you had as normal to a whole different life? Mm. Like, what did that look like? How did you start recognizing that this isn't working anymore? Or maybe things need to shift for you? You know, we, we really, when we had our daughter, we really had to set some more boundaries with, um, just our schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know one thing for me, a boundary that I have is really, unless it is like a church type of event past about five or six o'clock on a Saturday night, I'm not out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a boundary that I have to have because, you know, my, my big responsibility is Sunday and it's part of my job, but it's also my ministry. It's where I serve and for me, in order to give my best and to God and to my daughter and have her prepared for Sunday, unless it is like a church type of event, I don't really do anything in the evenings on Saturday, okay. just because that's, that's, that's our time together. Yeah. That's our chill time. That's our time to prepare ourselves, yeah. our minds. So that, that's something for me, I had to recognize that, you know, we couldn't just spend all day on the run on a Saturday, you know, we really had to, when we had her, we had to set those boundaries there. Why do you think it was when you had her? Just because, you know, I I felt like I owe that to her, you know, Mm -hmm. she's, I I want her to have, 
I know we have the, our time together, but I want to make sure we're very intentional, intentional about our time with her. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And we pray like when, you know, we, we decided, you know, we're going to wait to have kids, you know, we kind of had a plan, you know, you know, in God's times, you know, his plan. Mm-hmm. And, um, but when we found out we were pregnant, <clears throat> it was like, I really, I really prayed that we would have a child that understood our lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Like I, I fasted and prayed God would give us a child who could adjust to late nights, early mornings, and being on the go and, and, and being on the go in a structured way. We're not, yeah. trust me, we are not frantic and chaos. It is, it is very right. organized, but, right. but being a pastor, there are late nights and being a teacher at a, at a Christian school, there's late nights with yeah. all the things that come along with that. Mm-hmm. And, and God answered that prayer. Cause mm-hmm. you know, our little she's girl, she is, <laughs> she's a champ. Like she's under, she, she gets it. Like, I don't, I, it has to be, it has to be the Lord intervening in her life knowing mm-hmm. and understanding that it's hey this is organized chaos that we're living in right now yeah. and she just kind of goes along with it we will be right back to the interview but i wanted to share with you guys about my favorite brand for nursing pregnant and postpartum mamas it's called kindred bravely if you've been listening to the podcast the last few weeks you've heard me talk about them and i could go on and on about my favorite products from them but today i want to specifically talk to the active mamas those who are wanting to work out while they are pregnant or postpartum and you're looking for a solution for a nursing sports bra they have the best nursing sports bras and the best sleep bras so go to their website to check them out it's uh, www.kindredbravely.com and you can use the code dymc20 to get 20 percent off of your purchase um, i would definitely recommend their um, ombre storm nursing sports bra um, it's cute it's comfortable and keeps you secure while also um, making sure that you are accessible for your babies so go check it out mamas who are nursing or are pregnant and about to go into that stage of nursing or if you know a mama and you want to add this to their baby shower gift it's a great way to keep mom in mind while you are gifting baby all right we'll be back to the show so i would say uh that most of our listeners are relating to you in that they are in ministry or serving in ministry in some way even if it's not pulpit ministry but they're active in ministry and then they're also working whether it's part-time or full-time and a lot of them are also parents how would you guys give us more practical ways kind of like you did about the 5 6 p.m boundary on saturdays but give us more practical ways on how we can help our kids adjust to that demand of ministry work but also have some peace in their lives and some structure in their lives. So two things, number one, prepare, prepare, prepare. Mm. Anytime, any open time I have, I'm preparing for the next thing, you know, and you know, one of our things, I don't leave my house on Saturdays without our clothes iron for Sunday, Monday, you know, you go girl. (laughs) I know it's a thing. I mean, since I mean, I've done this since she was a baby, start them as young as you can. Um, we, if, if I can prep it ahead, I prep it ahead. Um, that's, that's just a key. That's how I survive. That's, Mm -hmm. that's what gets me through. That's what keeps me sane. Mm -hmm. It lowers anxiousness. I just, I can't handle chaos. Mm -hmm. I don't do well in chaos. Um, so 
I can prepare ahead, I prepare ahead. So like also, ironing clothes, what else would you prepare ahead? Like a meal oh, prep every, or any bag that can have packed. Okay. I mean, everything, the toothpaste is on the toothbrush. Like <laughs> it's, it's that anything that I can save time with, mm-hmm. um, is, is prepared. Basically Sunday morning is get dressed. I mean, if I can have breakfast even set out, whatever nice. I can have set out ready to go, it's ready to go. That that's saves awesome. so much. And I, you know, that's throughout the week too. Okay. Clothes are laid out, bags are the door. Mm-hmm. Um, if, it, if I can put it in the car before that morning, I do that because that's what keeps me sane. That's what keeps me. And, and then that saves me time elsewhere that I can spend with her. That's you fantastic. Know, that I can spend yeah. with him as much mm-hmm. as I can prepare before. And the other thing is open conversations. Okay. We have always, first of all, we start our week. What's on the schedule this week. And we go through the calendar of each night. Um, and each of us have our own to-do list. I mean, we sound, I feel like we sound kind of crazy right now, but <laughs> it's how we, it's how we survive. It literally it works. So. Yes. It, it does. Yes, it works. Yes. And then we have these conversations with our daughter, you know, here's what we have this week. You know, here's and how old is she? She's six years old. And mm-hmm. we honestly have always been, she has her own little list in the car. Number one, when you get home, you do this. Number two, you do this. <laughs> Number great. three, you do this. And she has her little things that when we talk about it on the way mm-hmm. home, what are you going to do when you get home? Just because some of those chores and tasks, we've always, both of us have always had the philosophy. If we can just knock them out, get them done, then you have the, your time together. Mm-hmm. You have your time as a family you can do, and we've taught her that, you know, the reward of time and being able to, to have free time and have family time is so much more enjoyable. If, if your chores are done, your tasks mm-hmm. are done, you're prepared for the next day and your mornings go better. So, and we, we both believe in setting the tone for the day. Um, mm-hmm. Smooth mornings make for a smooth day. And that's, that's just, awesome. that's always been our, our philosophy as a couple. And we, so, when we look at that, we look at that schedule, like well, I'll ask her and usually she's, I keep a schedule. I have a planner. She has a planner, mm-hmm. but she's a little bit more detailed than I am. And so I'll ask her like, what, what do we have this week? And I'm looking for the night off. I'm looking for, Hey, Thursday night, there's nothing on the schedule. Keep and, it open. and we're like, mm-hmm. keep it open like that. Don't tell anybody that we have <laughs> Thursday night free. Don't tell anybody Friday night's free. Let's, <laughs> you know, let's make sure that that's our, because for pastors, you know, we're, we don't have set hours as pastors. Like we have, right. we're, 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 we have to be there at all times. And so we know, and, and then we add the school into that five days a week school year with, we have, you know, athletics and all those things that come along with that. <clears throat> we have to make sure that we have those open nights. We keep those open nights for us. Right. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's sacred for us. Like Saturday, Saturday's sacred. Like I don't plan. Like if someone says, "Have we got something going on for Saturday?" I'm like, I'm being quiet. I'm not saying anything. Like, don't invite me. Like I'm just <laughs> keep that's it. Good. Keep like you know, just because that's our day. Like that's our yeah. thing. And yeah, it, I just it's very very important to us. Mm-hmm. I like that. I think there are things that have to be sacred in your life. So mm-hmm. like this is kind of like okay, we're looking at your life right now in, in a granular fashion, like up close in your week, in your day, um, kind of like pulling out what in the year do you guys try to do to balance that work and play aspect or family versus ministry? Uh, we are intentional and 
apparently I can't talk today, intentional about vacationing. Mm-hmm. Um, w- just the three of us. Mm-hmm. We have a, a big family. And we love to go with them. And we have taken trips with them. We go out to eat with them a lot. We're very close. But we're intentional about the three of us. Mm. It, it could be, you know, what we did like four days at a condo nice. at, at the beach. You know, just mm-hmm. it does, it's not we don't make it always a big deal. You know, sure. don't get me wrong. I love Disney. I love all mm-hmm. the stuff, but it's not that every year. Yep. You know, it it's just small sometimes, but found that that's what our daughter loves. She mm. she says we're going and our phones aren't going to be on, are they? You know, Aww. she she loves that. And it's good for the both of us. It's good for her to just mm-hmm. get us for a little while. And, you know, we just, we noticed this, the past year that we did it, um, how much it means to her. Like we, we, it, that was something, you know, we just did, but it means a lot to her. And she asks about it all year. Hey, are, is it mm-hmm. you know going to be us? Are we going here, wherever? And that mm-hmm. means a lot to her. So that's something we do in our year. We just set aside a week. This year we kind of ran out of summer and we did it in the fall, but we still make it, make it intentional. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And so we, and, and for us too, it's like trying to, you know, we don't get a, get away. Like we don't do it. We did it like once this year. Mm-hmm. We knew after last year, you know, having kind of a, an off year last year, we were going to make up for it this year and we okay. have. And so we took it in October this year and, but we've, we try to make it very special. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's our deal. It's our thing. I growing up, I didn't take vacations. My, I hadn't, I never went on a family vacation growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I went with my friend's family and that's a, that's a different episode, but sure. that I didn't, I didn't have that. So I want that for, mm-hmm. for my family. So it's like, Goodness, it's a big yeah. deal. I want to slow that down yeah. because <laughs> I feel like that's actually fairly common. I don't think that's, Okay. So I think that there are families who go on vacations, but it is, it's the exception, not the rule. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it, of course these families are doing the the work of God and they're stretching themselves generally, or maybe it's a money thing, mm-hmm. but like as a child that didn't get to experience that, mm-hmm. even though you, it sounds like you did grow up in a good home. What do you feel could be missing in your, in your experience of life and growing up mm-hmm. without having that bonding experience to be with your family? Well, you know, um, I, I didn't come, I, I didn't come from a, from a great home. Okay. My, uh, my mom took me and my older sisters to church. My dad never went to church. Mm. Um, he was an alcoholic. He, he wow. killed him. He killed himself with, um, mm. nicotine and, and, mm. and cancer just killed him. Wow. And, uh, so, we weren't, we were close in our, in our weird way. Mm. And so, but it wasn't like, you know, we, we didn't bond that way. And so I went, so my two best friends growing up, their families were the opposite of that. Like they were the, the church going family. They were super close and they always took me with them. Mm. And so that meant a lot to me because I got to see, I got to see that, and so I gleaned from, from those experiences, like that's mm-hmm. how I want my family to be whenever I have a family. Yeah. And so that was a big deal to me. And I don't, I don't, I don't look at my childhood or my, my, you know, growing up in a negative light, though I 
I can, and I probably sure. could use that as a crutch, but I don't. Instead, I use it as a learning, you know, tool. Like, here's what I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And here's what I do want to do. And that's yeah. how I kind of lead my family that way of mm-hmm. being the opposite and yeah. trying to yeah. do the things that I didn't get to do and not trying to live vicariously through them, but instead mm-hmm. being something that I know, you know, I, I want to be the dad that I wish that I had. Mm-hmm. And right. I think that's, that's really important for me. Yeah, that's good. That wow. is good. That's impactful. I think especially for a lot of young parents or young couples without children that are planning their lives ahead to consider shifts in their intentions, hearing mm-hmm. something like that, you know, so hopefully people are soaking that up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, let's, let's con- continue with some practical items here. Um, you know, when, when people are tuning in and they're like, okay, I'm the kind that, you know, I'm the planner. Maybe they're relating to what you're saying, Ashley, about scheduling mm-hmm. and they're, they're, you know, they want to go ahead and prepare, prepare, prepare. Um, what would you say to the person maybe that overdoes it in that area and therefore life is too structured and they find it hard to, you know, have flexibility? Yeah. You, you've got to also be flexible and, and you, you got to chill, you know, <laughs> it, and, and, and this is hard for me, <laughs> but you have to remember you know, things that if you plan the best you can, mm-hmm. but things don't always go as planned. And you have to, I don't know, for me, that's something I really have to get a grip on. And he helps me with that. Um, just, you know, stuff happens and, and you've got to, to uh, reset and readjust. Mm-hmm. And um, that's something I, I remember my mom really saying she had to learn uh, in their marriage when they, when she was younger was just, you know, sometimes you didn't get home by five o'clock or, and I know we always talk about this kind of a joke. Like if I lay dinner out to defrost, something will happen and it, it will go bad. You know, there, there will be a hospital call or there'll be, there'll be somebody who needs counseling and that's just part of it. And the, you, you've got to just, you it's a mindset you, and you just have to be able to control your mind in a way and say, okay, you know, Mm-hmm. maybe tomorrow. <laughs> sure. You know, it, it, this is just how it is. And this is part of our job. And, and I know that's how we talk to Easton, you know, Hey, you know, we didn't get to do this tonight, but this is, this is what we do. This is, that's one of the things we tell her a lot. This is just what we do. Uh, you know, this is, this is the way we are. This is, this is how our home is. Mm-hmm. And, um, you just have to keep a mind, a good mindset. I think when we were, when she was, when Easton was a baby, we try to have that schedule, like, okay, we try to get her down and all those things. Yeah. And, and we, we really, we stuck to it. to like 75% of the time yeah. during the week. And, and we just were like, we, we were, we were okay with it. Like we understand mm-hmm. like the 25% is not going to rule the 75%. Mm-hmm. And we allow that to take place and, you know, staying up late. Like, there, like, for instance, like last night, Usually on Wednesday nights after church, our deal is, I, I'm so sorry to tell you guys this, um, <laughs> we go to Taco Bell after church and we come home and eat it and go to bed. Okay. And I know that sounds so terrible, but it's like, it's, or, or, you know, something like that. Well, like last night I was like, there's a new Mexican restaurant that opened up. I want to go. Like, I, I know it's going to be after church. It's a sit down place. Let's go. Mm-hmm. 
And, but it was like, it was that moment, like it was just for us, mm-hmm. the three of us. And we got in late mm-hmm. and we went to bed late and we we're like, we'll go, it's going to be okay. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to, it's going to be all right tomorrow. But mm. we've, we've already prepared, you know, before church on Wednesday, we were got our, our clothes ironed and stuff laid out mm-hmm. so we can, we can, I think you, your schedule should be a slave to you and not be a slave to your schedule. And I think if you prepare, you are allowed, you give yourself some slack when the schedule kind of goes awry in pastoring or wherever you are, Mm. whatever you do that, Hey, it's okay. We got everything ready for tomorrow. We can go to bed a little bit later or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think you'd be flexible. I think the preparation allows you to be flexible Mm -hmm. And we've seen it. We've seen people Absolutely. who live so rigidly to their schedule mm-hmm. that a- anything kind of tears that it just tears them up. Well, it doesn't tear us up. We're just like, hey, it happens. You know, we set the we set the chicken out. It defrosted, and Mama and Papa want to go eat dinner. We'll go. Let's go do it, <laughs> and yes. we'll we'll cook tomorrow night. And yeah. that's kind of how we live. Yeah. I think that's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's one of my candy sticks. <laughs> I'll share it with you. So when I was in, um, when I was in my bachelor's program and working on philosophy, I wrote, wrote a, or read a paper on Epictetus and it's, I forgot what it's called, but there was a section that was all about the nature of things and how knowing the nature of things helps you with setting your expectations Mm -hmm. and helping you go, not go crazy with when those expectations, you know, are kind of blown up. Yeah. Right. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I remember, arguing about this in the class that, you know, like the nature of Starbucks in at eight o'clock in the morning is that there's going to be a line. So mm-hmm. the nature of the Whitley's life on a sunny night is that you guys probably get out of church late. And, you know, these are the things. Now, if you can get off earlier, great, wonderful. But the nature of things is it's fairly unpredictable. Mm-hmm. You don't know who's going to need counseling, who's going to, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I think if people could kind of, I, I love how you said we're not slave to our schedule. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think taking off those negative emotions, if I don't exactly follow the schedule to the T, mm-hmm. um, you know, life isn't going to fall apart. Yeah. Right. right. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. As long as you tell yourself it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. We'll be right back to the interview, but first we wanted to share something that we are really excited about. You know, we all have those times where we don't feel super connected to our spouse and we really don't know what conversations to have to get us to that connected place. And then on top of that, we're so busy that we don't prioritize those conversations. And that's why we created the monthly live date night. And monthly live date night is every month on a Friday night for 90 minutes, 60 minutes. We focus on a topic that uh, you guys pick. And then 30 minutes, we do a QA and a and it's live where we're all together asking questions and giving answers on topics related to your marriage, your intimacy. And we share tools. Uh, we have handouts that we call homework because we want you to be there to listen and to soak in, but we really want you to take action in your marriage too. So come join us live for the next monthly live date night. Check the link in the show notes for dates and details. All right, back to the interview. Right. Yeah. And, and pre- like you said, preparation allows for the flexibility, you know, Love it's, that. That's what I was always taught. And that's what I brought into our marriage that if, if we prepare ahead, you know, it's like, you know, you're a storm 
if you if, if you're prepared ahead, you know the storm's not going to be so bad because you prepped for it. That's so right. the weekly they, storm. Yeah, yes. the weekly yeah. crazy. Yeah. If I've prepared ahead, you know, then I can I can take some of the knocks that yep. that the week brings. Mm-hmm. So, what you would suggest to couples, maybe in your the same or similar position is to ask the question maybe like where is my time expenditure going or where right. am I where is my time drain so and what can I prepare ahead of time so that right. I can be more efficient doing mm-hmm. the things I need to do mm-hmm. getting to church on time whatever right yeah what yeah, other well, things so the I went back to school I went and got my bachelor's degree um and as soon as I got enrolled and I got started she got pregnant. Oh, wow. And, and, <laughs> and I just, I, I was like, Hey, I'll do whatever I have to do. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll pause it. We'll do whatever. And she's like, no, no, keep, keep going, keep working. And so what I, and I, and, and guys, I am, you know, she's, she's my perfect mate because she gets, she gets my life. And so <laughs> our, our, our disciplined nature really works well together. So like getting up, I would get up at like three or four o'clock in the morning and go to the school, go to our, our Christian school and go knock out my homework and knock out my test or whatever I had to do wow. in preparation. And so then when, when we had East and I took, I think I took a six weeks off or mm-hmm. something like that and jumped back mm-hmm. in. And so, but it helped to kind of stay on that schedule. And so then nice. when we had Easton, like I was still like in a routine, mm-hmm. but but what what really I had to adjust getting up from like three or four o'clock in the morning and going to church and going and doing that stuff. Instead of doing that, I would stay at the house. I would stay later and help her get the baby ready for the day, get the baby okay. ready for the day or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so that way it, I adjusted when by the time she was two, I kind of back in that schedule of she's mm. she's she's good. Like mm-hmm. we have a, a routine now where she's uh-huh. She's not, she's not self-sufficient, but we can put her in a crib or we can put her somewhere in, in or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And so I think you have to adjust and you have to allow the waves of life and time right. to do it and be scheduled and, and work things out together and talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot, you know, and we are both like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of, we're just a little bit on the high stress side. Like we kind of, we live that way. We, mm-hmm. we, because of our schedule and because of our lifestyle, mm-hmm. we kind of live up here sometimes mm-hmm. and we have to go, Hey, let's chill out. Let's relax. Let's yes. cool off. Let's go for a drive and just kind of just so, you know, kind of decompress. Yes. On that note. And I've seen you mm-hmm. post about this, Nate, um, and, and you actually coming from the background of being in a pastor's home. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I think we, in our circles see a lot of pastoral burnout. We see a lot of, ministry that just puts everything 110% into their ministry, but then they neglect their family or they're not even paying attention to their family's needs, whether that's their spouse or their children. And so what would you say to someone who finds themselves on the brink of burnout? Constantly. Yeah. Maybe constantly. (laughs) Yeah. They're putting out fires and trying to maintain are you guys, can we pay you guys right now to maybe have you counsel us and uh, we can just kind of do this on air? Uh, <laughs> I think you have to have a healthy outlet, yeah. you know, um, 
we both Golf. have, we both love, yeah. <laughs> Mine's reading. His is probably reading. reading. Yeah. Okay. Um, or like he said, we'll like we both, and we both know we can see each other kind of getting towards the burnout. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's get in the car and drive. Mm-hmm. You know, we live very close to the Smoky Mountains. It's beautiful. Um, and we, you can drive 30 minutes and feel like you're out of town. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you just need a minute. You need a breath. Yeah. And it, it, it's not always that you can't always take that two week sabbatical, you know, sure. That would yeah. be great. But sometimes you just need a night. Sometimes yeah. you just need an hour. Um, yeah. But know when you're reaching that point, like I, I got to get, yeah. you know, I, I got to, I got to have a minute. We, you know, I need some time with you and, you know, we communicate that to each other. Yes. Like, Hey, what do we have? Let, let's, let's just get out for, mm-hmm. for tonight. Which um, is more than some couples. Yeah. I mean, we've talked to a lot of couples mm-hmm. and either they're not aware of themselves or where they are. They just yeah. keep going mm-hmm. and going and going and they're not tapping in and taking inventory of their own stress. Right. Or sometimes their spouse is very unreadable because mm-hmm. they don't want to um, burden their spouse with what's yeah. going on. Mm-hmm. So they'll kind of shield their stress from the other person, hoping that they don't want to burden. But I think mm-hmm. that causes stress in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Totally. Yeah. So it, it, I don't, I don't play golf, Adam, uh, because it, That's a stress it, for it him. made me, it made me so stressful. And so I just finally had to quit. So yeah. <laughs> That's great. Oh, um, Nate, how would you respond to the minister, um, that says, you know, I'm, I'm neglecting my calling or what God's, you know, who God's called me to serve if I choose you know, my wife's need or my family's need over say this Bible study or like the person who's scared of like God's wrath because they are maybe shifting focus for a night or a week away from their ministerial calling. Yeah. It's a good question. And I don't think we talk about it enough. Um, I think we go to, let me just kind of preface it, I think we go to a lot of conferences that they don't inspire, they really condemn more than anything. They they don't preach inspiration, they preach guilt. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame that you don't pray enough, you don't win souls enough, you don't, you're not doing this enough. And and it's just and it, I'm like, oh, guys, I didn't come here for this. Like, do you mean I'm getting away for, you know, I need, I need to, I need something to encourage, encourage me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And so uh, I think you need to have a healthy understanding of conviction and condemnation. Mm-hmm. Condemnation, condemnation pushes you away. It, it pushes you away from Christ. It can, it pushes you away from everything. Conviction draws near. Mm-hmm. And if it's, and if you're, if you're dealing with condemnation of, well, I'm not doing enough for my church, then you, you, that's not Christ. That's not, that's not the spirit, you know, you know, dealing with you. That's your own self-condemnation. It could be even, you know, spiritual warfare too. Mm-hmm. Um, the, my greatest responsibility, and I, I, I'm just going to be honest with you, is not my church. It's not my school. The greatest mm-hmm. responsibility I have is my wife and my little girl. Yes. I heard, I heard some, I heard, I think it was TF Tenney say this. He said, um, years ago, he said, um, he said, when you die as a pastor, your people from your church are going to walk by your and say, who's next? But when 
you die, your wife and your family is going to say, who's going to replace them? No one can replace them. Mm-hmm. And so I, 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 I really kind of internalized that of, I love my people and I serve our people, but at the end of the day, like that's not my responsibility. That's not my eternal responsibility. It's my yeah. family. And if I lose my family and gain the whole church, I've lost my soul. <sighs> and I think that's really important to have a health. And, and there are probably people listening to this or, well, and that's really terrible. He's really not, doesn't have the heart of a pastor. I, I think my, as a pastor, I need to shepherd my family. Yeah. And if I'm not shepherding my yeah. family, if I'm not reaching my family, then I'm doing a very poor service to the rest of my church too, mm. because I think you have to model pastoral leadership in your family. I think yeah. Paul talks about that somewhere in, in Timothy, mm-hmm. but it, I think it's really important that my, my church sees this is, this is the most important thing to me. Mm-hmm. And if they don't get that, which they do, if they don't get that, then, then they're not going to understand what true pastoral ministry or ministry looks like. Yeah. Um, and so you have to have that, you know, that reasonable service, you know, you're, you know, this, you know, I'm, I'm afraid and I'm, I'm not trying to get on a hobby horse here, but I'm really afraid that we are right, asking more. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm afraid, you know, there's a, we've, we've got an unhealthy view of sacrifice. Yes in our movement that you need to sacrifice yourself and sacrifice all. And I, and I, we are to die daily. I understand that. But I I think there's a difference between sacrificing ourselves and killing ourselves. Mm -hmm. And there's too many ministers who are killing themselves with ministry and, and their family. family. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to, we have, we need to have these conversations um, to really, cause I think we're, I think we're really harming ourselves and we're not helping you know, we're not helping yeah. God further the kingdom by, by killing ourselves with ministry duties. I love this conversation. Oh, yes. I think it needs to be had. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me slow this down a little bit because I totally agree with you. And I honestly do think at least most of the pastors that I've talked to would agree with you and me <laughs> that their family is number one. Mm-hmm. Now, how that plays out, honestly determines a lot because mm-hmm. I, I think that they they would say it with their mouth but maybe not their actions mm-hmm. or m- maybe it wouldn't be with the, what their wife feels is happening or their kids like how do pastors know you're not living this out right now mm-hmm. or are people that are you know like just in the church I mean they could do the same exact thing yeah um what drives somebody to, to say like, this is, this is number one, but forgetting what number one actually does and mean. Yeah. I think, um, I, uh, I've, I've told our young leaders, like I do a lot of training for young ministers in our church mm-hmm. and I, you know, we have this kind of this, um, unspoken rule of, if you want somebody to come preach for you, call the pastor and ask if this person is is available to preach. I think you don't need to call the pastor. I think you need to call his wife. <laughs> um, you know, I think because that really is you, because a pastor may not know what a minister is in his home. Yeah. And but I think you need to call his wife and say, "Hey, can is you think this? You think he is able to really preach and minister in our church?" That's and good. so I think I think and also if you, if a pastor gets up and says, "My family's number one." The church is going to know that yeah. that church is going to know if they really are because, yeah. um, and so I, you know, I think it's very important that not only do we say it, 
but we live it out and show them you have to model mm-hmm. that right. um, as a leader. <sighs> yes. You guys, it's so good. Okay, so speaking of your um, work with young ministers, talk a little bit about the leadership collective that you're a part of and where people can find out more about it. Yeah, so um, Jason Staten, Evan Grizzle, and myself, we've kind of um, put our three heads together to um, empower leaders. And our our mission is... um, mastering the leader within and trying to help um, other ministers and leaders of all uh, flavors to to utilize and better empower themselves to lead their organizations, their teams, their churches, or wherever they are, wherever the context is. Mm-hmm. And so Jason's been, Jason has been doing that for, for years. He's all about self-development. And I do that. I've done that here at our church. I have a podcast called Cut It Straight Podcasts about young leaders and so Evan um, had put it out there. He was like, I've got an idea. And so I was like, I tagged in with him. I was like, I have an idea. Jason has an idea. So what do you think about us kind of working together? And it's just kind of steamrolled. And it's, so we put it, we released a podcast, the leader, uh, the mastermind leadership podcast. Nice. And, yes. um, and so we're trying to do, you know, like personal coaching and mentoring and helping leaders and organizations. We just signed, um, the Missions America, which is the uh, home missions department of the Assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ to train their new home missions pastors. And we're going to be doing that uh, starting off 2022. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so, so, yeah, yeah. So we're really excited about it. And uh, I think we got a great future ahead of us. Oh, that's fantastic. That's excellent. So if you are a pastor and you're trying to figure out how to balance things. Maybe you should give these guys a call. (laughs) So how can people find out more about it other than the podcast? Is there a website or Instagram handle? Yeah. So you can go to mastermindleadership.podia.com. Okay. uh, And go there and we have a free leadership assessment you can take as well. So maybe you like, Hey, where are my strengths and weaknesses as a leader? So go take that free assessment and it'll come to us and we can reach out and we can give you like a free phone call. And That's kind of great. do a follow up and do some training and then see what happens. We're working on a course, a free course uh, on productivity oh. to kick off 2022 and a, a, uh, a video based course for leaders. Hopefully we'll have that early 22 as oh, well. Awesome. So, yeah, you can reach out to us there. Love it. So cool. Well, thank you guys so much for, yes. for pouring in. So you. before you, you go, we always ask um, a question of all our interviewees. Yes. So thinking back to the first couple years of your marriage, how long have you guys been married, by the way? 11 years. 11 years. 11 years. Nice. So think back to those first couple years and what advice do you wish you would have received? And then fill in the blank, dear young married couple. Um, communicate. And nothing is too small to communicate for a young married couple. It's mm, good. My turn. Um, <laughs> patience. Uh, I think I I was not as patient as I should have been those first couple of years, and I'm a very impatient person, and so I had to really learn patience um, because my my pastor Tim Gill back from home he did our our wedding and he said to Ashley in our vows he said you're going to have to um, put a woe in Nate's go. <laughs> and um, and so and uh, and so that that was 
she did. She and she really helped me kind of, you know, focus my attention. And slow Easton down. just yeah, and Easton just just kind put of a just, stop yeah. sign at it. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> dear young, dear young married couple, learn patient. So awesome. Good. So thank you guys. I could have learned that lesson too. Uh, me too. I think you know it's a it's a lesson in progress, right? Yeah. You guys, this has been wonderful and we appreciate all that you poured in to our audience today and all that you continue to pour into folks um, through your yeah. leadership collective, the Mastermind Leadership and um, what you do at the local level too. It's just fantastic. And so we thank, thank you for all the thank patience. You guys thank you for having us. Yeah, <laughs> and all the patience you've exhibited toward us. Yes. It's <laughs> no, fun. It's been fun. We love you guys. You guys are awesome. We love you guys. All right, friends, we really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at Dear Young Married Couple. And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right. See you next week. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.